Yo, what is up, guys? It's your boy, Jay, and this is the Jay Walking Podcast. Uh, this is also the season finale of uh, season one. I'm going to take a, a little small break. Don't know what that really entails, but got to kind of focus in on some other outside uh, interests. So without further ado, Here's the episode. I'm going to start it off with some NBA talk. Honest, you know what? Honestly, this is just going to be an NBA episode. I felt like I was given uh, the NFL spotlight. I mean, it was it was good. But, uh, you know, the NBA is like 22, 23 days away from its regular season. And I love basketball. So I did find uh, NBA's... You know, ESPN's little uh, top 100. I'm going to just start with some notables before I get to the top 10. And we'll discuss uh, those players one by one. So kind of some notable guys to keep in mind with this was that they ranked Clay Thompson 49. And let me, and let me just backtrack too because it has – this list is kind of foggy. Uh, people think it's, you know, what – the person has done previously in their careers, uh, leading them up to this moment. It's not really that. Uh, kind of has that aspect in it, but more so what they see that they will accomplish in this season. And of course, I bring up Clay Thompson at forty nine because he is, in my opinion, easily a top uh, fifteen player in the league. But that injury uh, that occurred within the NBA Finals really hinders that and so it's it's okay to have him at 49 right because I don't think he'll be able to really put forth the full uh season's effort and it won't be able to show up on stats and that's what people really care about to be honest my problem that I have with all this is not that he's 49 I understand that but it's the next person that that's up there. And that's Zion at 42. Like, I get he has tremendous upside. Don't get me wrong. He's an unbelievable God-given talent in this league. The fact is, is that he just got in this league. And you expect him to crack the top 50 already? Like... It, it's just kind of, it's kind of weird to me to see how these people flip flop because uh, prior to all this, people were saying they don't even know what position he's going to play in the league. They don't know what he's capable of doing since he can't shoot the three. Uh, you know what kind of player build he is. Honestly, he's like a Charles Barkley, uh, just really more athletic. To be honest, uh, he provides that strength, that vertical ability, that defensive stopping ability. And that's all nice. That, that's cool. Don't get me wrong. He was a threat in college. He's just with the big boys now that are grown men. You know, he's not going to be out here bullying. Uh, what are they, in the ACC? Yeah, he's not going to be bullying, like, Virginia Tech players. Like, okay, he's going to go up against, like, Joel Embiid. Which is undersized, so I don't, I don't know, I don't know how, how that all goes down. 
I'd have to see. But that's why I'm like, okay, 42, uh, not in my book. Not in my book. Uh, this is also really centered around, uh, well, if you didn't know, I live in Arizona. Podcast centers around uh, Arizona themes sometimes. And they got my boy D Book at 30. Come on, man. He's a top five shooting guard in this league. For real. He just he does not get the credit he deserves because he's on a losing team. And people are just gonna say, Oh, well, well, if you're so good, why aren't they winning? It's a team. It's a team effort at the end of the day. And when you have four point guards in a revolving door within a season, like that's that's not healthy at all. I don't that's not a healthy organization at all and I don't think they'll have the chance to really win if things continue to be that way. Now of course they got some stability with Ricky Rubio, uh Aaron Baines is a really good pickup too. I think those guys provide a veteran presence. Even Frank Kaminsky is kind of like a it's a decent pickup for where the organization is at, you know. They just need to show that they're able to win like a decent amount and uh, not just be a, a crap team. They have to show people that they're capable of winning. And I think they'll be able to do that. But to have them at 30, that's that's kind of disrespectful, to be honest. The dude drops buckets. He's great. He can set up for his teammates. Only thing he's lacking is really his defense. And that just all catapults from how much he pulls uh, his offense together and stems from him. So... The energy is put forth towards offense, but I can honestly see him providing some sort of defensive effort uh, within the season, you know, who knows. And I kind of bring that up because then they have D'Lo at 26, which he's just, to me, I think he's a great upside um, in the point guard position. Of course, he could play shooting guard, but I really like him at point guard because he runs that pick and roll so efficiently and just can pick and pop whenever he wants. He can set his teammates up. I I love the way he plays. He's not going to get you with pure athleticism. He's going to get you with the right move at the right time and just has this mean jumper, you know, can score from literally any part of the court. I mean, mind you, his driving wasn't, really as efficient as he would want it to be, but it's going to get up there. I mean, he's young. They're all young. So 30 and 26, right? But then they have Donovan Mitchell at 20. And for any of you Jazz fans, that's props to you. I just think he's overrated. I think he's pretty overrated. I mean, dude has a signature shoe, and it's like, Devin Booker doesn't have one, and he dropped 70. But uh, What do I know? I mean, I'm not a fan, and you know they're not marketing to me, apparently, because I would rather want a Devin Booker shoe rather than Donovan Mitchell. I can't see myself styling over him. But besides all that, I just think he's overrated because he is not nearly as good of an offensive threat as you guys think. Sure, he has these flashy plays, but this guy goes out, and the Team USA uh, tournament that went on, the FIBA tournament that went on, was a pure example of why I think he's overrated. They provided a great cast around him. 
whatever the case may be. And this dude was shooting garbaggio. This man had awful shooting stems. Like, I would read the stat line and just be in awe as to how people really view this guy being a top 20 player. What in the world? He has some sort of defense, but my God, even in, in, in the playoffs, he wasn't even that good. He had one of the worst stretches from a shooting perspective in the playoffs this, this last go-around. Oh, but he's he's great. He's great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Whatever. I, I, he's just hyped to me. And people will say, he's taking, he's taking the Jazz to the playoffs. No, he's not. No, he's not. When he went there, they're already a playoff team. Mind you, uh, Hayward had left, but they still had great pieces around. They were really just a defensive team that got stops when it was absolutely needed. They were really good at that. And insert him, who is decent. I mean, people figured him out later on, but he was just decent to me. Uh, don't think he should have won Rookie of the Year. Ben Simmons clearly was a better overall, is a better overall player for sure. And I, I just, I don't know. He comes in and really to me, Ingles, Rudy Gobert, just the supporting cast he has around him is what takes him to the playoffs. Not the other way around. Insert Devin Booker on that team. It's a different story. So let me get into this top 10. Okay. Uh, just going to have a quick little buzz around. Because there is some controversy when we get into the later uh, numbers. But let me just hold that off. At number 10, we have Paul George. PG-13. I'll say this is respectable. He's a really good two-way player. Um, I mean, the only downside I have with him is that he's just been really inconsistent in the uh, playoffs. When his team needs him the most, I feel like he's not really there. Mind you, he did have a couple of games this past postseason, but uh, within recent years, he just hasn't been uh, the same threat that he was in Indiana. So that's that's my take on him. I still think he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I would love him on my team. I think anyone would clearly love him on their team. Number nine is, uh, number nine is Damian Lillard. I think they can switch out. Uh, Again, he's one of those deep-range shooters who can literally get a bucket from anywhere. Uh, my thing is, though, is that uh, he just needs to show consistency in the playoffs, too. He has those runs where he goes off and explodes, and then he gets shut down You know, within the next couple games. He just has to be consistent in that. And if he says he doesn't want to build a super team, that's fine and all. But you have to be super in that role. Okay, and you have to be consistent. That's that's really what one of the greatest traits you could possibly have in any sort of work field is just being consistent. And being consistent and being available, that's two things that are clearly needed. And they flip-flop between Paul George and Damian Lillard. Injuries hinder Paul George, Damian Lillard just on that inconsistent path when it comes to the playoffs. Now, again, don't get me wrong. He's a killer. I love him. I love that he even went super far within the playoffs. So 
Definitely a top 10 player. He can switch out with Paul George. Really don't care. Uh, great point guard. At number eight, we have Joel Embiid. Uh, no brainer. He's, to me, the biggest uh, threat when it comes to a big man. Uh, he's just dominant. If they're able, if they're able to really space out the club, like if Ben Simmons was able to shoot a three or provide some more offensive uh, capability to his game and really spread out the floor to have Joel Embiid cover the inside like he can, oh, it's unstoppable. He, you, you can't, you can't stop him. He's huge. Only downside is just he's great when he's healthy and i need to see him more when he's healthy you know there's been times where he takes off games and he's young and i know he had those two knee injuries uh took him a couple years back within the league he just needs to be healthy number seven is jokic uh this is also respectable too he's a dynamic big literally runs the floor like a point guard passes like a point guard is able to stretch out the floor. Uh, only thing is kind of his defense is a little funky at times. Uh, he's a big body. He just needs to stay in front of people. Uh, that's really it. It's you know Switching off is super tough as it is in this NBA, but you got to be able to do it just because of the pure athleticism that all these players have in this day and age. Uh, number six is Steph. I feel like uh, it's kind of right, but it's kind of wrong, you know? I feel like if you're looking at what he's going to be able to do this season, without Clay being there, and of course D'Angelo Russell is going to be there, I feel like he's he's ready to show people uh, what he was able to do uh, within those MVP years. I feel like he's going to put the team on his back. Like I said, D'Lo's there, but he's got to be able to perform for sure because I don't think they have the same bench like they used to years prior. So the team is going to heavily rely on him. Uh, within these next few players, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. I feel like he can go lower on the list, but, you know, it's just tough. It's just tough. It's a tough league. Uh, and honestly, he's the reason why this game is is the way that it is. You know, he made the three-point basically the new layup. So he gets... He should get a little bit more respect, but it's okay where he's at. Uh, number five is Anthony Davis. I love this one. I love it because when the Anthony Davis trade rumors came about, I had uh, heard from a bunch of people like, is he really that great to be giving up all these assets? And let me give you the answer right here. Yes. Yes, he is that great. He will remind people why he was the number one pick for sure. This guy is so lean and fast, quick, in and out his cuts, and literally just his type of play I, I love to see because as a point guard, you would literally thrive with him. And that's why Rondo, Drew Holiday, really loved being his teammate because this dude can get you a bucket and he can make stops when it's necessary. Uh, he stretches out the floor, of course. And he's going to remind people with LeBron James uh, what type of player he's capable of being. 
He only made the playoffs like once or twice with the Pelicans. Uh, that's purely because of the team around him. But yeah, Anthony Davis is no joke. And I just want the league and all the fans to be aware of that coming into this season. Number four is James Harden. Ah, uh, you know, if you're, if you're just going off of pure um, name, talent, capability, putting up numbers, then yeah, he's definitely up there. Don't get me wrong. This dude is be- definitely the best scorer in our game. Able to shoot anywhere and anywhere and anywhere and anywhere on the court. He's able to do that. He's able to provide for his teammates and assists. Um, only thing is his defense, which got better last year. But uh, I think with Russell Westbrook, I don't know how that dynamic is going to go. And... That's kind of what worries me with him being number four. I think they'll have to figure out who's going to share the ball handling duties. Um, I think he really loves being primary ball handler, and I just don't see Russell Westbrook sitting in the corner big chilling while James Harden runs the clock for 20 seconds dribbling. I don't know. That's just me. Number three, and this is where all this controversy comes from, okay? Number three. Is my guy, LeBron James. Why they have him at number three, I don't know. I don't know because he, in my eyes, is still the best player in this league. And that's without a question. This dude has every sort of ability that you can ask out of a player. Like, literally, if you were to mold a player within a lab, you would want LeBron James. You would come out with LeBron James. 6'8", 250-some pounds, runs like a gazelle, but has the power like literally a brick house. Stretches the floor out with his shooting. He's able to shoot the three now. He's adapted his game. Shoots the three. Has a mid-range. Can drive it in. Can post up. Dishes out, ball handling is up. Only thing is his defense, which I, you know, just like Devin Booker, I think he dedicates his time to offense because that's where he knows he has to be the primary focus and provide for his teammates there. And with this Lakers team, I think he can take a step back um, on offense, and I think he can honestly provide on the defensive end as well. I think he'll show people – why in 2010 and 2013 kind of seasons, like he was unstoppable on both ends. At number three, though, that's crazy. Mad disrespectful. Yeah, he, he's coming back for a vengeance, and he's going to show y'all why. <laughs> why you shouldn't, uh, you know, throw him down like that. But regardless, it's all right. To me... And this is number two. I I probably I think this is a reasonable one. Number two. I don't think he goes up. I don't think he goes down. Kawhi Leonard. Because if if it wasn't LeBron James at number one, then I would pick Kawhi Leonard as the best player in this league. Uh, purely because his defense reigns supreme and has enabled his team to win. I mean, he's shutting down players. He's got 
long wingspan, huge ass hands. They call him the claw for a reason. Um, and he really stepped up his offensive game to the sort of magnitude that you would see kind of like out of a Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. Mind you, I'm not saying he is one of those players. I'm just saying what he's capable of doing on the floor. I say that because those players were able to literally go to their spot, shoot the ball, and make it, and just make it look effortless, you know? He's able to do that, and it it showed within the playoffs. Like, he was an easy, you know, 40, 30-point bucket getter if he really needed to, you know? Kawhi Leonard, definitely number two player in the league. Number one, I have to take him out. I don't like him at number one. I would put LeBron or Kawhi there, okay? Number one, I obviously haven't said his name, but it's Giannis Salabatudo, as <laughs> DJ Khaled and Fat Joe would say. But nah, Giannis Antetokounmpo is number one. And man, uh, I don't like this because I think he has tremendous upside. His build is something out of a lab too, but he can't shoot the three at an efficient rate like both of those guys can. Uh, his ball handling is just decent. If that, I don't think it's anywhere spectacular. And if he isn't doing the drive in the paint and let me kick it out to a teammate, which they got exposed by Toronto again, you know, in the playoffs, he's out here getting exposed, then he's just one-dimensional to me. I think he just drives in or, you know, has – some sort of a post present, but it's not like anything that's earth shattering. If you clog up the lanes, he's not nearly the threat that you guys see. Same with Ben Simmons. They're not the same threat. Um, defensively, he's insane too. I just think because of his age and what he's shown, sure he has the upside, but at number one, Nah, it's definitely Kawhi or LeBron, for sure. That That's without a doubt. To me, I think these experts really focus in on the, on the now or capability rather than what's been shown. And if they're really into numbers, then, I mean, you got to look years past and provide that in with what someone is capable of doing. If we're going into year 17 or whatever with LeBron and he's still putting up numbers as if he was like 25, then come on. LeBron James is the number one player in the league. Kawhi Leonard is number two and Giannis is number three. Yo, so like I said, this is kind of a NBA-themed episode just because I love basketball. But I'm going to incorporate some fashion with it. And uh, I went down to AZ Thread today. Uh, shout out to Edgar. I got my shorts. They're so dope, bro, for real. I love the whole uh, Supreme concept on them. But, uh, yeah, I went in there and I saw just, like, the amount of jerseys. And it really got me thinking, you know, jerseys are a staple in my 
kind of wardrobe. I don't know where that stems from. I think possibly my pops and my brother they used to always have uh, baseball and football uh, jerseys growing up around the household. I'm really the only one who likes basketball like that. And uh, even then, like on top of that, then I remember seeing uh, just the new Suns jerseys the other day and uh, kind of mixing in that that new vibe to it. But they wanted to dedicate it to the seven seconds or less uh, teams in the 2000s. I did not like them at first, but low-key after seeing photos, I was like, hey, they're not that bad. So it got me kind of thinking, how about I list kind of these top 10 NBA jerseys uh, while I'm here? But I'm going to do kind of top five new ones, top five old ones. So let's get to it. Uh, this is kind of like in no particular order, too, by the way. As I told you, I'm kind of going off the rip with uh, the jersey theme just because, like, I noticed uh, – I'm always buying jerseys or always looking to buy jerseys. I think it's kind of a cool investment, too, because uh, as you get older, uh, have kids or, you know, something to hang up in the man cave, whatever sort of thing you do with them. I think it's kind of really dope because I look back and I even have a lot of uh, old school LeBron James jerseys, you know, from when he was in Cleveland, his first stint around and uh want to be able to provide that for my kid, you know, have him get some vintage swag without having to pay too much. But yeah. Okay. So anyways, go on with the list. I'm going to start with the new ones first though. Uh, mind you, uh, just like with any other fashion segment, I think it's really helpful when you, uh, you're on your phone or computer and can look up these jerseys right away. Just kind of get a sense of where I'm coming from. But yeah, first one on my list <laughs> easy pick. It's super easy. Uh, these are all kind of city edition jerseys too, because I think uh, some of the primary ones are just like, oh, okay, but the city ones, I love the flair that they provide to the team. So Brooklyn, the Brooklyn city ones are bonkers. That is just such a dope concept. And I, I would have loved to have been in the marketing department uh, in that apparel department, just launching this. Oh my God, that was so dope to really have the biggie vibes with it, with the Kuji, uh, sweater detailing on the side panels. Yeah, this Jersey is bonkers. And I really wish, man, I really wish that D'Lo had stayed on, uh, Brooklyn because I, I was itching to get one. I was like, hey, uh, asking my friends, like, ah, should I invest in it? Should I invest in it? And, you know, they're like, yeah, just go ahead and buy it. In the back of my head, though, I knew with uh, one year left on his contract, I was like, ah, there's always a possibility that he leaves and I would just have that. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, I, I'm not really too big into customs unless it's kind of like in the moment. I'm at the stadium or whatever, but nah, I was just like, okay, whatever. Can't get my D-Lo City Edition. But yeah, that one, crazy, super dope. Love what it entails for the city. And the next one kind of follows the same path too, and that's the Miami ones. 
the black one though specifically. I mean, the pink one is like all right because that's just different flair. Uh, but the black one is so Miami Vice with it, uh, man. And I think that one even sold out super fast on NBA uh, shop or whatever it is store, whatever. Uh, it sold out there. It sold out on the Miami uh, team shop website. I know because I went online to try and get that. Really, I wanted to get a Dwayne Wade one before he retired. wasn't unable to. It was under pre-order or you know back back ordered. I don't know. You know, it was just there were so many having to be made that yeah, you had to wait probably like two months or whatever the period may be, and I. If anyone knows me, I don't have patience. I can't really do online shopping, although I'm like forced to because of this day and age. But if it's there, I would rather get it. Like if I could find it at a store, uh, even if I had to pay extra, I would do it. Unfortunately, wasn't able to do it. The Miami one, colors, vibe to it, super sick. That That's a summer bop right there, to be honest with you. That kills. This Philadelphia one, though, is really the essence of my wardrobe going into fall, wintertime. Because the Philadelphia City Edition um, from two years ago, where is that cream? Or I don't know if they did the cream this year. But that cream jersey. <laughs> and I have it you know, coincide with the uh, Declaration of Independence. That is incredible. I love each and every one of these jerseys because they really do speak to the city and what the history is revolving around that city. So Philadelphia and that cream jersey, just to bring out the essence of the Declaration of Independence, uh, that aged look to it, that's beautiful. I love it. One of my favorite jerseys. And again, I was unable to cop, so it's tragic. But here we are. Yeah. Anyways, uh, and and two, if someone has these jerseys, like props to you because that's that's dope. I can't really keep up with some of these jerseys unless like I really see myself wanting it or you know will go out of my way. But uh, if I take an L on them, I take an L. It's a hundred bucks. Not too expensive, but still, I'd be like, eh, I can use that hundred bucks somewhere else. So I think in all these new ones, I don't have them. So it's kind of interesting. But yeah, next one up is the Nuggets. Uh, that new one with the rainbow attached to it. Whew, pays homage to those old school jerseys that they used to have back in the day, but it adds that new school flair to it. Yeah, that's definitely a killer jersey. The only downside I have with that, and this is just personal, I, I love the concept, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's just a white jersey. For me, it's super tough for me to get into white jerseys because I always think I'm the type of person uh, – who will wear a white jersey going out and not realize, hey, we're going out to eat pizza and wings. Like, what in the world would I be doing wearing a white jersey going to eat wings? Like, I'm that type of person who would be like, oh, why did I do that? 
And at that moment, I would just literally want to take off my jersey and I'd rather just eat shirtless or something because if I get a stain, and this just goes for any of my clothes, if I get a stain on my clothes, I'll lose it, man. I'll be so upset for the, like the rest of the day. Even if I'm able to wash it or Tide pin, whatever, I'm just upset. So, okay. On that tangent, though, white jersey, they still killed it on this. Like, this is kind of one of those white jerseys where I would uh, I would definitely buy. Definitely buy at the right price, though. I, you know, I'm not that type of person. But, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the last one on this new one is... I got the shorts with this, so kind of kind of goes with the flow. But yeah, the Minnesota City Edition ones. Yo, who in their marketing department thought that it was? I mean, okay. Disclaimer: I know Prince passed away. Rest in peace to a king. But yeah, who thought of having purple jerseys? to go with purple rain on an NBA team like that does not have any purple but is from Minnesota that is <sighs> I love it I love it it's really just taking a leap of faith and seeing how fans would react to it and to me I had to cop the shorts I have a pair of the shorts and the prince lettering to it super 80s vibe with it Definitely a banger. And you see some of the NBA players with their customized shoes at the end of the you know, games and stuff like that. <sighs> Super dope. I love it. The perp the different hints of purple within that jersey. Bonkers. I know I keep saying bonkers. That's kind of new. But yeah, that that jersey <sighs> marketing department. I applaud you. I want to be a part of that. If anyone from the NBA or any sort of professional team is listening to my takes on these, uh, sign me up. I'll bring you my uh, LinkedIn and my resume on point. Cover letter, uh, you'd have to wait because I got to take my time with that. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to go on the vintage slide. And these ones honestly should be spit off like a gun. Because these are no-brainers, really. Uh, I got the Utah Jazz. To me, the the purple with that light blue attached to the mountains. Whew. I mean, mind you, I don't really like the Jazz like that. But John Stockton, short shorts going off in these jerseys. Come on, man. It's vintage. You got to love it. Uh, no brainer. Uh, the next one I would say is the Grizzlies when they were Vancouver. So that's more of this teal. Uh, and these are just the primaries. This teal, the, the blue one, uh, black one. Yeah. Those are top 10 top five jerseys of all time mind you some of the players on there were never really that good i mean you could bring up mike bibby but he's not like a 
player of that magnitude, honestly, if we're being real. But yeah, that that's how you know a jersey is really that good, though. If if people are still able to wear it with <laughs> trash players attached to it, then it's more so the jersey than it ever was about the organization. And the Grizzlies murdered it. I love that they're bringing it back this year for their alternate jerseys. I love that. I love when teams are able to pay homage to their roots. And I love when they're able to hear from fans like, hey, we want to see this. Because in all honesty, it might sound dumb and you might not think about it, but there are some times uh, games where people are attracted to going simply because of the jerseys or they'll be like oh they're wearing those jerseys i should have gone that night and then they'll look up on StubHub and see when the next you know black jersey night for the phoenix suns is i'm kind of that person kind of not uh if i go and i see them wearing the black jerseys i'll be like oh i'm hyped that i came to this game because seeing the shoes with it or fits with it it's a whole vibe to me. I love the NBA, everything that surrounds it. So certain jersey nights, I'd definitely go. Like if I was staying in Memphis and they had the old school night, and typically when they have the old school night, they're selling the old school merchandise as well. Oh, you'll find me there for sure with this jersey, top five of all time. And another top five, which would be kind of vintage to Oklahoma and they kind of need to get their team back is Seattle and the Supersonics, you know? Uh, I have a pair of their shorts from Mitchell and Ness. And let me just tell you, uh, I rarely wear them just because I don't, I don't know. I wear them because they don't, I don't wear them because they don't have pockets. It's supposed to be really authentic. But when I look at the coloring and everything that surrounds it, the ball shooting out from the S like that, like if it was a pass, kind of. Um, man, I love it. Red, green, and that gold all coming together for this beautiful, beautiful jersey slash uniform kit with it. It's undeniable. And if you have that Gary Payne or Sean Cam jersey, again, props to you. Because those are absolute bangers to have when it's a uh, jersey season. I always refer to jersey season as uh, winter time when you're able to wear like a hoodie underneath your jersey. And even though it kind of serves the purpose of a t-shirt, like you're still low-key out here flexing with that attached to it, you know? I don't know. That's my favorite season is when I can do that and basically like a t-shirt. Um survive but yeah seattle boom banger these next two are my favorite jerseys of all time without a question doesn't matter the sport does not matter quality attached to it i just love these jerseys one of these teams is bringing it back the other is disappointing me because i still don't bring it back but number two or whatever because i know we're not ranking Toronto. Toronto with the dinosaur attached to it. Yo. If someone was to 
want like a definition of vintage and just provide them a photo of Vince Carter wearing it, wearing these jerseys. Purple specifically. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of white. I know they're bringing the white back this year, but I'm not a I'm not a big fan of that. I love the purple one. The purple Barney ones. Flex, man. Those go hard. I love that. And when you think about the players that are attached, Tracy, uh, Vince, it's it's incredible. That jersey is super dope. I really want to get my hands on one of those uh, sometime soon. I mean, if Kawhi was going to stay, I was going to get the white one, but you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, but number one, it's obvious. I'm from Phoenix. You have to give the Suns and the shooting ball the props that it deserves because that is one of the most legendary jerseys of all time. Without a question, top one, no debate. Sorry, if you have some sort of other input, don't really care. This jersey slaps, and it slaps different. It would definitely slap different in this day and age, man. I'm waiting on the day where I see Devin Booker literally go off for like 50 points in this jersey. I would melt. Pause. But I really would. Like, man, why don't they bring these jerseys back? They have to see from the fans. That's the one thing I don't get from a lot of these organizations is like, they don't conduct really in polls or whatever questionnaires that much because they find it kind of weird taking information or people don't really provide the information necessary to make sort some sort of adjustments but we live in a day and age where social media is is king and you can see what the consumer wants within social media like it's insane go on twitter promise you with the whole sun's talk with that new jersey being presented with the orange and literally taking out the nice black ones that they already had, kind of disappointed in that. But you would see hundreds of comments of people saying, why this jersey? Why this jersey? Come on, when are they going to bring back the 90s jersey? I'm waiting on it too. Just like every single one of y'all, I'm waiting on that jersey to pop up on shelves. Nike, please, sons, please. Please, please, please bring this jersey back. I know it's not this year, but maybe next year. Please. Please. Or maybe it is this year. I mean, I don't know. I don't think that that orange one, I think that's just our alternate. I don't think that that's our city edition. I mean, you guys can, you know, obviously contact me and prove me wrong. I just don't know the facts. But if that is the case, then there's an opening for the city edition jerseys. Please let it be this one. I'm going to scream and yell and shout and let it all out for the Black Eyed Peas. But yeah, you got to bring this one back. It's necessary for me as a fan. We already lose so much. Can we just win this one time? Please. And with that, we got our final episode of, you know, this season. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to even put it in context that this was a season. 
to begin with. I didn't even know I was going to have any sort of following or just capability of doing this. Uh, Right now, it's a really tough period just because school, I also want to study for uh, certain tests, Uh, maybe possibly take the LSAT, not entirely sure. I really want to be able to put forth the effort into um, providing myself to, you know, the sports business world. I know I do this, but uh, I really want to find a career within that. I want to be able to apply for these internships. Uh, That involves resume building. That involves cover letter writing and just for the moment as it stands right now, I got to really focus on those things. Oh, sorry. I burped. Uh, I got to really focus on those things and go forth with my passion and future within that. And it was a good run this season. I can't wait to provide you guys with some more content soon. And... Just want to shout out everyone who listens to this on a weekly basis. I appreciate you and hope all is well. Later, y'all.